0: everyone this is james from mkiaudio.tk and welcome to episode 14 of the mkiaudio podcast you can keep up to date with me on twitter at mkiaudio you can follow me on facebook at facebook.com forward slash mkiaudio and of course over at the blog at mkiaudio.tk the podcast is available on itunes so head over there and subscribe and while you're there please feel free to leave me a review You can visit mkiaudiopodcast.tk for past episodes, show notes and also to leave any comments on episodes you're listening to or if you have any ideas for the show. So that's the science bit out of the way, so let's jump straight into the show. So the title of today's show is Getting More Done in Your Studio. I think it's a problem we all face. I know I really have a problem with it. I would get into the studio and I don't seem to get quite as much done in a night as I would like to get done. And there are a few reasons for this. And I think it's more to do with a mindset thing or maybe not being as prepared as we should be. So the way I thought I would get around it is to I have three uh, quick steps, well I'm calling them three smart steps and all will be revealed in a minute while I'm calling them that uh, three steps that sort of help you get a little bit more done um, by working smarter I suppose in your studio um, there's things we can all do to prepare a little bit more or sometimes I think the fact that the studio is always there and always available to us makes us a little lackadaisical about how we use it and how we use our time in it um, if you think back to the, the olden days when uh, you had to book studio time, and that studio time was costing you a lot of money. Well you didn't go in there and mess about for an hour or two before you got started, or spend time dwelling in little details, that didn't really matter so much. You went in, you got the thing done, and you got back out again as quick as you could, because every hour you spent in that studio was costing you money. Um, now that we have it all sitting in our homes or sitting in a room upstairs or in your basement or in your shed outside, it's just so easy to go, right, I'll nip out, I'll, you mess about setting gear up or you go off on tangents and playing different stuff or writing new parts for songs and you have no constructive workflow um, that you approach the session with. So I have a few tips here, I'm calling them three smart steps. Um, Hopefully, if you can adopt some of these ideas, these are things that I'm in the process of trying and I'm going to try to do a little more often, maybe I'm still not getting as much done in my studio as I would like. So, these three steps will hopefully clear things up in your head a little or uh, at least help you to concentrate on the important things. So the first smart step is to plan smart. Now, I know a lot of you probably don't do this, and I know I haven't done it as much as I should. Um, But for me to get anything done, I'm really going to have to focus on this first step. Uh, This is probably the main one out of the three, um, because it sets the other two up. um, So that you can get a little bit more done. So, what do I mean by plan smart? Well, you need to set a date, set a time limit. And plan what you want to get done in that time now you might be saying well why would I have to book a date to get into my own studio well you don't have to physically phone yourself up and say hey I want to book studio time for Thursday afternoon you have to get an idea in your head right I have three hours on Friday night I want to go into the studio so those three hours are dedicated to the studio time. Now you're not uh, nipping out to the studio whilst you're making calls for work, or you're not nipping out while you're uh, doing other things. You you set a block of time aside for the studio. Now, I have posted about this in the blog before, um, about booking time in your studio. Uh, it sounds a bit daft, but at the end of the day, you need to decipher what time is for the studio, and keep that for the studio so nothing else can interrupt that time you don't have to go out in the middle of your time you don't have your phone on your emails or twitter or anything at all it's just purely studio time the next thing is you know your time limit right you have three hours so what do you want to get done in those three hours now plenty of you will probably answer well i want to get as much as possible done But that's not the right answer to it. The right answer is to decide, let's say you're recording your own EP, so you have maybe five or six songs that you um, want to record. Well, you don't go out and say, right, I'll start with song one and work my way through all the parts. And you go out and you say, right, I want to get all the rhythm guitar parts done for those five songs. Or, I want to get all my drum tracks sorted out. Keep an idea in your head of exactly what you want to do. Now, whether that involves making a chart for the walls, so you can stick it up there, you see all the parts laid out for all the songs, and then stick dates and time limits beside them all. So you can tick them off as you're going through. If you don't get as much done as you want it to get done, well, you can still come back to it. It's not as though your studio time's ran out and you're getting kicked out and you can't come back. It's your studio, you can come back in the next night and try and work harder to make up for it. So it won't go right at the start and you won't be able to plan your time exactly at the start. But by having a clear idea of what you want to get done and working as hard as you can to get it done, you will work a lot faster and a lot more efficiently. You won't be coming into the studio and faffing about setting up instruments that you don't necessarily need or messing about with settings in your session and uh recording parts you don't really need you have a clear idea right five songs five rhythm guitar parts set the guitar up get your tones and go for it get them all done as quick as you can but also take the time to get them done right but by having that clear idea in your head you know exactly what you're focusing on you're not recording a rhythm guitar part and then thinking oh well (laughs) I've come up with a clever little uh, lead guitar part. I'll lay it down now as well, and you just end up uh, running around in circles whenever you work that way. So that lead guitar part, if it's a good one, will come back to you the night you're recording the lead guitar parts. So get all the rhythm guitar parts done if that's what you plan to do. Okay, the second smart step is to record smart. So we're being very smart here at the minute, but what I mean by record smart is to go for the methods that you know work and set a certain number of texts that you're going to do for each part and stick to it. And also set up one instrument and record every part you need to record with that instrument before moving on. So like I mentioned in the first step, you've maybe planned to record rhythm guitar well, set your guitar up and get your tone for all your rhythm guitar parts, and then record all the rhythm guitar parts. Don't record rhythm guitar parts for two songs, then change all your settings and record the lead guitar parts for those two songs, and then maybe pull out the bass guitar and do them. Get one part record it for all the songs, so you're not wasting time setting up instruments constantly. You have it set up once at the start of your session and then you can record constantly throughout the session. So the other ones go for your um, your best known methods or methods that you've used that you know work. There is a time for experimenting in a studio but if you're trying to get something done or uh, if you've maybe set a deadline for your EP to come out and you're working towards it. Well it's probably not in your favour to spend two hours experimenting with guitar tones at that point. You have certain guitar tones that you know work. uh, So stick to those and stick to the methods of recording those tones. So if you know uh, a certain mic on your guitar amp works well, well then pull that mic out first and try it. If it sounds good, then go with it. Don't lift out every other mic you own and go through them just to come back to that one that you know already works well. Hopefully... You will have got an idea of what mics work well because you will have had time in your studio to experiment. I'm not saying that you shouldn't experiment at all, but if you have an idea of what you want to get done and you're on a deadline, well then stick to what you know best. The second thing is the number of takes. Now, if you're playing a song that's averaging three minutes long and you do ten takes of... Uh, one guitar part, well that's half an hour spent on one uh, part for one song so set three takes for each part um, and play through them as best as you can and that little bit of pressure knowing that you've only got three takes to get it right will probably make you play a little better than you usually would so three takes for each part for each song so you can motor your way through them as quickly as possible and that little bit of pressure is always niggling in the back of your head to say right i have to nail this first time and you probably won't nail it first time but that's what the other two takes are for at the end of the day once you uh, get all your parts done if those three takes aren't perfect well chances are you could probably comp a perfect take together out of them so record smart stick to methods you know set a number of takes and stick to it and once you've set up for one instrument record every part you need to record for that instrument now you might have guessed the last one and that is to mix smart so you have planned your session you have gone through and recorded all your tracks now it's come to the part where you have to mix them all together well Usually what people do is they will open up the session and bring in all their texts that they've done Uh, They've maybe comped certain texts together and got a decent tag out of it So we zoom in to the drums first and we will spend an entire night working on the drum sound Well, if you've done it right in the first place your drum sound should have been recorded well So don't dwell on the tiny little details that there's maybe in Three seconds of the song, there's a certain frequency in the tom that's just niggling at you. By the time that's mixed into everything else, uh, chances are for those three seconds, you probably won't notice it in the final mix. So don't dwell on little things like that. Uh, Work with broad strokes. So, a way in which I try to do this is instead of going in and tweaking, uh, say, I have a multi track uh, drum recording. Well, instead of going in and applying uh, compression to the kick drum and the snare drum and if there's tom mics and maybe EQing overheads etc well that takes a lot of time to set up all those compressors and all the EQs so what I like to do is to bust those all to one single drum bus and then apply effects to that drum bus first so try uh, just playing about with the faders to set your levels and then compress the drum bus first so maybe um, a little bit of light compression on the drum bus would be enough to get you the sound you're looking for rather than having to compress each individual thing because if you compress the kick drum first and then maybe the snare drum and then you bring in the overheads and suddenly well now the kick drum or snare drum sounds a little bit too compressed once they're blended in with the overhead sound You have to go back and fix the settings in your overhead or on your kick drum. And now, maybe the snare is ringing out a little bit too loud, so you have to go in and fix that. And if you had started by applying the effects to the bus, well, one or best case scenario, I suppose, the little bit of compression you added to that bus might have been enough to get you the sound. Now, the worst case scenario is that it's maybe not compressed enough or. Maybe the snare drum or kick drum aren't coming through as much as you would have liked. Well you can still go in after that and uh compress the snare drum or the kick drum to get it to be a little more punchy. But the idea is to work well, I suppose it's really working back to front. So apply effects to um your group channels first. Same with guitars. If you've all your guitars um sent to a bus, well then maybe try adding well i suppose an easy one would be add your high pass filter to uh, the guitar bus rather than to each individual channel the other thing i would advise is to work in stages so what i mean by this is if you have your mix set up and you've set your initial levels for your static mix well then maybe you would want to move on to eq well go through Every track on your mix and apply EQ to it. Now it might be a very rough EQ to start with. Um, maybe you'll apply filters to them all. We'll go through and apply your high pass or low pass filters to every single track that you intend to have one on. Then maybe go through and notch out certain frequencies that aren't needed within those tracks. But again, go from uh the first track to the last track and do it to all of them. So you're constantly, you're in a certain mindset whenever you're EQing, so you're listening for certain things, you, instead of listening for certain frequencies to cut out, and then you maybe move to um compression, so now you're listening for um how you compressed it sounds, and then you maybe add uh, reverbs or delays, so now you're listening for the teals and how they fit in with the rest of the mix. And then you move on to the next track and you pull the EQ back up. Well now you have to get back into the mindset of listening for certain frequencies. Whereas if you're constantly listening for a balance between every single track. If you're EQing your rhythm guitar track. You'll maybe notice uh, frequencies in the synth track. That are uh, fighting with the lead guitar. No you're constantly listening to little details like that. So you can deal with them all at once and then move on and deal with all your compression, then move on and maybe your next phase would be um, your panning phase. So pan everything out where you want it in the stereo field, then maybe move on to reverbs and delays. So you're constantly working through the mix in stages. So you have your EQ stage, compression stage, panning stage, etc, etc. So it's time for the summary. So the first one was plan smart. So that's set a date, set a time, and plan what you want to do within the session. Then it's record smart. So go for the methods that you know work. Set a number of takes and record every part with a single instrument that needs record it. The last one was to mix smart. So that's work with broad strokes. Work in stages and don't dwell on the little individual details that won't necessarily make a difference to the final mix. So, hopefully, that will uh, help you get a little bit more done. Um, I suppose this episode was more a pep talk for me (laughs) to try and kick me in the ass and get me going. But uh, hopefully, there's something in there that will help you get a little bit more done in your studio. Um, If you're like me, it's more. I'm this is I'm only doing this as a hobby at the minute and uh, I don't necessarily have a lot of time for it between running the blog and working and I have two little girls that take up a massive amount of my time so I have to be as smart as I can I don't get a, a lot of opportunities to get out into the studio so once I get out here I need to make sure that I get a lot done in the time I have so hopefully I will take my own advice and do some of these things to get a little bit more accomplished. So that was the main segment, uh, hopefully it was useful in some way, we're going to move on now to the my advice section. So the my advice section is once again about being prepared. Um, this is talking about being prepared whenever you're about to go into a recording session so this sort of ties in along with the main segment again uh you have set a date and a time that you're going to get into the studio and record a specific instrument or a specific part for your uh, album or EP well you need to make sure that your instrument is prepared as well now what do you mean this doesn't mean uh Giving it a motivational speech and telling it it can sound great and it has to feel good about itself. It's more to do with, um, I suppose, maintenance. So if you're going in to record acoustic guitar parts, well, you need to make sure you have new strings on the guitar. Now, maybe not brand new strings. Uh, strings that you've had a chance, they've maybe been on for a week or so and you've been playing about with them they're still nice and fresh and they sound nice and clean but they've been broken a little and they don't have that brand new sound because sometimes it can sound a little bit harsh so they've been broken slightly but they're still new strings and they're sounding the best they can if you're recording electric guitar parts you need to make sure your volume pots etc, there's no scratchy pots or your um, your jacks or nothing out like there or uh, dirty or scratchy because those will all degrade the sound that's being recorded into your DAW if you're uh, recording uh, acoustic piano parts well ask yourself when was the last time that you had your piano tuned uh, now you may not know how to do it yourself but you can pay somebody if you know You have 7 tracks of an EP to record, all with acoustic piano parts. Well it's going to be worthwhile spending a little money and getting somebody in to professionally tune that piano. um, So you have the peace of mind that you're not having to fix anything um, in the DAW, because trying to edit, um, I suppose you call them bum notes, on a piano can be quite difficult to get the sound natural um, because of the acoustic properties of a piano. So if you need to make sure the instruments set up properly you wouldn't record a uh, an acoustic guitar part without tuning the guitar first so the same should apply to a piano and obviously the other one would be drums uh replacing the skins in your drums and making sure they're tuned now some people like to tune um the drums differently or tune them to the key of the song or maybe tune the kick drum uh, whatever way you like to do it just make sure it's done properly uh, before you start recording and again new skins for a drum kit can make the world of difference so make sure your instrument's prepared if you're a vocalist well then look after your voice for a day or two running up to your session and um, don't be going to a gig the night before and screaming at the band on stage and then coming into the studio the next night to record vocals and you find you have this raspy harsh voice because you've done so much shouting and screaming the night before. Um maybe that would be your new sound. Maybe a, a raspy voice uh would work for the song you're doing but you don't want to be doing that every time you have to perform it live only a gig the night before and screaming. So I'm waffling. That's pretty much the idea behind this podcast. It's all about preparation. Well, at least this episode anyway. So prepare for all your sessions, prepare your instruments, prepare yourself, prepare what you want to get done, prepare how much time you want to dedicate to it, and then go and do it. That's the main thing. Just do it. So that's it for this episode of the MCI Audio Podcast. Uh, Thanks everyone for tuning in again. Uh, Again, follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And if you do follow me, please feel free to introduce yourself. Um, I do like talking to everybody that's uh, reading the blog or following my tweets. I know I might talk a lot of rubbish sometimes, but I like to think there is some good stuff in there. But say hello, say who you are and what stage you're at at the minute or what you're working on at the minute. And I will happily talk to you about it and maybe offer some advice. Or maybe you can give me some advice on how to improve the blog or. Uh, there's always techniques that can be shared between people but anyway hit me up on all those things Uh, come and talk to me leave comments on the blog and again thanks for listening and if you've watched any of the videos over on YouTube uh, thanks very much if you haven't seen them yet you can head over to youtube.com forward slash mkiaudio and I'm going to try and up the ante on them a little bit and get a few more out there But until the next time, thanks for listening and keep recording, keep mixing and keep it simple.